0: We are all a part of one heart. One of the things I love about this song, it says, out in the cold there are faces, they're hidden by the wind and rain. Hold out your hand, someone will take it and bring you home again. Does that mean they need the help or does that mean you need the help? It means when we reach out to the other, we bring each other home to who we are. Every time we join a heart with another person, every time every time we come home more fully to who we really are. So my sermon for today is entitled To Live What We Believe. Because we can believe all kinds of beautiful things. I mean, the world's been singing about peace on earth for as long as there have been songs, and yet we don't have it yet. So it's not enough to believe in peace. We have to learn to live in peace. I didn't start any wars. Well, did you though? It's a beautiful uh, a passage in um, a Return to Love, Marianne Williamson's book on A Course in Miracles, where she says she was at this DC party one night and just <laughs> with all these people, she was. A A screaming liberal around all these people who were very much, you know, completely not who, not doing what she thought they should, not being who she thought they should be. And she had a dream last night that I think it was that Cheney (laughs) came to her and said, You're a hawk, not a dove. And in the dream, she said, Uh uh, I'm a peaceful person. I only want peace and he said, you are a hawk. You are spoiling for a fight with, at the time, Reagan and the whole Iran-Contra affair and on and on and on. And she recognized, oh, to be against war is not actually a peaceful place to be unless you bring peace to it. So we learn to live, hopefully, in this lifetime, we will learn to live about what we're for rather than living about what we're against. So not what do you not believe, but what do you believe? And when people look at your life, can they tell what you believe? When they look at you, I mean, I I was going back to the 2016 election i'm barely on facebook anyway i don't really know how to use it i have bob put things up there and i have jordan put things up there but i was on facebook a little bit at the time and people that i loved and thought of as loving people spewed the most hateful vitriol which is horrible horrible and i i I said one thing, I said, you know, when we put our hate out there, the only thing we do is cause that which we don't want to dig in deeper so that it will have a harder time saying, oops, maybe I was wrong, when we don't give it a position to fade back to. So, um, And then I just got off altogether for the next several years. because, you know, sometimes there's, there's a saying in 12-step, sometimes people's illness is stronger than my recovery. <laughs> and so often it's better for me to not engage at all because I, don't, I can tell that I don't trust myself around the things that anger me. That is one of the ways I try to practice my belief is that if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Your mom was right all those years. Gandhi said that true happiness is when what you believe, what you say, and what you do are in alignment with each other. When what you believe, what you say, and what you do are in alignment with each other. That is called integrity, y'all. That means we have an integrated life. What we believe in has integrated into our human existence. And integrity is actually a very hard thing to have, to truly integrate. Integrity means, um, by the dictionary, possession of firm principles, completeness, wholeness. To integrate is to bring together into the whole, to unify. And a really beautiful social sciences definition of integrity that Brene Brown developed in writing one of her books, and researching one of her books, she says, Integrity is choosing courage over comfort. It's choosing what is right over what is fun, fast, or easy. It's choosing to practice your values rather than simply professing them. So in integrity there is a certain transparency. If I'm truly in integrity then you can watch what I do and know something about who I am and what I believe. And if you watch what I do and you can't tell what it is that I believe or you are misled into thinking that maybe I believe something that I don't believe then What is actually happening here is that I don't fully believe what it is that I've told myself I believe. And I think it's very, very, very vital on the spiritual path to keep asking the question, what do I believe? Because the moment we say what we believe and close the book on it, it's dead. What we believe should be a living thing every day a living thing. We should check in. Some things I believed a long time ago, I don't believe anymore. And if I hadn't checked in with myself, I would believe differently. I believed that I hated Brussels sprouts. (laughs) Turns out, I just hated them boiled to death the way my mother did them. (laughs) I like Brussels sprouts a lot. I like Brussels sprouts a lot. But I had to try Brussels sprouts again to know that. You know people who said, no, I tried that when I was seven. Never again. You know, there are things that I know that I don't like, and I just try them again every now and then, and sometimes it's like, yep, still don't like that. Yep, still don't. And that's okay. It's about finding what it is you do believe. It's about asking yourself the question, because when you ask, only when you ask yourself the question do you have the opportunity to explore what the answer might be rather than accepting a statement of belief that you made a long time ago, that may or may not be true. And even if your belief hasn't changed, it will give you an opportunity to examine what you say and what you do in your life and check that against, oh, I say I still believe that, but I'm not acting that way much anymore. And I say this not to create guilt, The point isn't, oh, I'm not acting like I believe I'm a bad person. Uh, uh, uh." No, it's about how can I integrate? Because when we are integrated, again, we have true happiness. So when you're feeling this, uh, what do they call that? Some disconnect in your life. Some what? Friction, Friction. Yeah. yeah. Some friction, some obstruction. Then that is a good time to say, whoa, where is that? If I'm not happy, what is it that I am doing or saying or believing that does not mesh with my wholeness, does not create wholeness in me? So happiness is integrity, is heaven. It's the heavenly state of consciousness. Um, Hell is the opposite. Hell is guilt. Hell is regret. Hell is fear. Because when we're not in sync with our own selves, it causes fear. It creates tension. It creates hatred. It creates suspicion and anger. definitely creates guilt. Guilt as a way of life. Kay has a song about that. (laughs) I'm always a little bit guilty. Um, and I think that there is something that our culture teaches us, not in words, but that we gain at a fairly young age, which says, well, I may, not be, I may not have done that right, but at least I have the decency to feel guilty about it. Right? Look at that brazen person doing what I did, but not even caring. I'm torturing myself. I'm a much better person. Right? So then we have to start watching um what is out of alignment what is out of alignment the words we say the words that we and you know thoughts come y'all thoughts come we cannot control our thoughts i know people like to say we can control our thoughts i don't believe we can control a thought coming up but we can control how long we spend with that thought and what we do with it. Do we take it in and go, yeah, yeah, make it tea, feed it cookies and spend the whole afternoon with it <laughs> so that we're completely miserable in the evening or completely mean in the evening? Or do we say, okay, yeah, ooh, um, I I choose something other. I choose something other. I have a thought of anger. I can say, where's that anger coming from? Is it sparking a fear within me? Usually it is. How dare they? How dare someone? How dare you means, how dare you not give me the respect that I don't believe that I really deserve, but I hope I do, that I'm trying to get from you. Ew, can I say that again? This may not be true for you, but this is what I find is true for me. When I'm able to say, how dare you? Even in my own head, I think, who do I think I am? (laughs) Who do I think I am? Because if I thought I was wonderful and doing just fine, it wouldn't matter when anybody else dared. So there's only that part of me that agrees with them. Eleanor Roosevelt famously said, no one can insult you without your agreement. So what part of me is agreeing with that. And then I can take that into meditation. I can take that into prayer. We forget too often to say, okay, God, I don't know where that came from, but I want it healed. Please heal me. And then if there's something to do, we can do it. But we have brought it up into the light. We have exposed it to the God of our understanding and asked for help. And I tell you, every time I've done that in my life, there is a hand that reaches out. There is a word I hear. There is a service I attend. There is a person I run into that answers that call. And so, as A Course in Miracles says, everything is either love or a call for love. So when we are in integrity with ourselves, when what we say, do, and believe are at one with one another, that when, then when someone dares, it's possible instead of having an angry reaction, we will recognize it immediately as, ooh, this is a person that really needs love. How can I give love? How can I be love in this situation? You know, sometimes the best way to be love is to just back off. Yep, you go. <laughs> I do that in the grocery store when somebody runs into my cart i try to do that in the car when somebody tries to cut me off in traffic it's like you go maybe you have someplace much more important to be than i do and whether you do or not why would i give my serenity away to you i don't even know you why would i give away my peace on purpose to someone i've never met and will never meet again because of something they did that reflects how they're feeling and who they are and what their beliefs, what's not in, in alignment with their beliefs. Or maybe it is in alignment with their beliefs. I don't know. So sometimes it's changing the thoughts and the words and the actions, and sometimes it's questioning the belief itself. So here is a question that I encourage you all to ask this week. And it would be really good if you asked it. And then spent a little bit of time in the quiet and had a journal nearby so you can answer it. I do this on occasion. And I ask, what is God to me? Who is my God? And what are my beliefs around that? And then if I find that I have beliefs around it that are very uncomfortable to me, then I need to look at that. I need to look at that. Or if I find that my beliefs about God are very open and loving, but but my actions aren't, then I need to take a look at that. I need to take a look at that. I need to see what inside me is so fearful that even though it wants to believe this is the truth, it's afraid and it defends itself and arms itself and builds a wall or gathers weapons. Because that's all it is, y'all. It's not about blame, it's not about guilt, It's not about you did it wrong. It's about how can I steadily, steadily throughout my life, in an up-and down way, because we are human, y'all, we are so we are so human and divine, as the Rumi poem so beautifully points out, we are so human and divine um, But our humanness will always bring us into these human questions. It will always confront us with these human situations. But that higher self within us, that connection to the God of our understanding, that what I like to call unconditional love that is the creator of all, which we choose to call God, Jesus, Allah, whatever, I need to know what that is. And then I need to see what part of me doesn't really believe it. So that I can say, help me. Sometimes it's that simple. You don't have to figure it out. (gasps) I have to be reminded of this on a regular basis because I always think I can figure this out. I'm supposed to figure this out. If I can't figure it out, nobody's gonna figure it out for me. Well, maybe it doesn't even need to be figured out. Maybe it just needs to be exposed to the light. Maybe it just needs to be exposed to the light. So what is God to you? What is your relationship with that God? Is it something way out there or is it something way in here or is it somewhere in between or does it move back and forth? It's helpful to know that. It's helpful to know what your relationship with God is because if you don't know what your relationship to some say another person is, then you don't know what it's okay for you to ask him and what it's not. You don't know, oh, you don't know wh- what ground you're standing on. So yeah, know what your relationship with God is. And if it's not that good, or if it feels far away, like any other relationship, perhaps you need to spend a little more time with it. That's how we build relationships. We spend time and attention and love. And we receive time and attention and love but only when we're willing to take the time and then a very good question how do you find your connection with that what is your i love to have i mean sometimes oh let's do an hour meditation and get really really silent but a lot of times i need it now (laughs) what is my connection what will bring me there i have my own answers Thank you is one of them. Find what to be grateful for in the moment. Um, One answer for me is, uh, do I want peace? Because God is here to give me peace at any time. I get to choose whether I'm peaceful or not. Those are some things that can center me. When I'm way off the beam, I go and hug a tree. I don't know why that restores me. I've been reading a book lately that said the tree has no idea that you're there. But I don't care, because I know I'm there. I know I'm there. And maybe it's not about what I'm giving to the tree, it's about what the tree is giving to me. So how do you find your connection? And when you know how you find your connection, spend a little more time there. You know, so many of us say, oh, my connection is in nature. Oh, when I'm in nature, I feel it. And how often are you in nature? How often are you in front of the TV? And how often are you running? I'm indicting myself here to you. Running from my air-conditioned house to my air-conditioned car. I'm much more willing to be in nature, like from October through May. And even June. But... Is it, you know, is it worth it? Really? Am I going to hide from a thing that gives me joy because of a little discomfort? Ooh, isn't that what Brene Brown said? Choosing courage over comfort. What is right over what is fun, fast, or easy. Another question. What do I do when someone else's beliefs pop up directly in opposition to mine? What do I do? Do I argue? Do I try to change them? Do I try to teach them a better way? Well, I do because that's my job. (laughs) But something that Jesus found, even Jesus, the greatest teacher of all with his disciples, I think he kind of, he still talked. But he realized that his, his actual teaching, the only lasting teaching he was going to be able to leave, was through his life and the example that he set. If he had not allowed a crucifixion, there would have been no resurrection, and we would not be talking about him. If he had stood before Pilate and defended himself, no, 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 no I don't say I'm the king of Jews. That's something, that's something those people are saying. Really, I'm just going to go on back to Galilee then we would never have heard of Jesus the Christ. I'm going to read something from A Return to Love. To become a miracle worker, and this is according to A Course in Miracles, means to take part in a spiritual underground that is revitalizing the world. It's participating in a revolution of the world's values at the deepest possible level. And this doesn't mean you announce it to anyone. Miracle workers learn to keep their own counsel. Something that's important to know about spiritual wisdom is that when spoken at the wrong time in the wrong place or to the wrong person, the one who speaks the wisdom sounds more like a fool than a wise one. Have you ever encountered that? Have you tried to tell somebody something and you were the one that everyone thought was an idiot? Not that that's terrible, but maybe that's not the way we're meant to teach because people don't listen to people that they think are idiots. God's teachers will heal the world through the power of love. This teaching has very little to do with verbal communication and everything to do with a quality of human energy to teach. Teach is to demonstrate. To teach is to demonstrate. A teacher of God is anyone who chooses to be one. They come from all over the world. They come from all religions and from no religions. They are the ones who have answered. They're the ones who have answered the call. And you can't hear the call if you don't spend a little bit of time in silence sometimes. So when you run up against Opposition to your belief when someone says, Oh, you're full of it. Arguing with them digs everybody a little deeper into their ditch. Finding a way to give love in that situation at least doesn't give them any place to dig. I've said this before. One of the the most disarming things you can do when someone tries to argue you is say, hmm, you might be right, I'll give that some thought. Oh, you might be right. You're not saying you are right. You're saying you might be right. And if there's an opening, you can say, here's how I see it. But I always ask, would you like to hear how I see it? And a lot of times they're like, no, and I'm okay. <laughs> The best way I can love them is to leave them alone. It took me a long time to learn that. I used to, when people said, leave me alone, I thought that meant I need to chase them down harder and back them into a corner and grab them by the lapels and make them talk to me. And I finally learned when someone says, leave me alone, I can say, all right, I will respect that in you. And I am here. I'm not going anywhere. And that way, if they don't want to be left alone anymore, the door is open. But I have not forced myself on someone else because that is an act of violence. I'm going to force my love on you. You're going to take this love. (laughs) Be peaceful. But how often do we do we do that? Maybe not in public with other people, but in our own minds while we watch the news, when we go to the grocery store, when we're in our cars, when we talk to our siblings on the phone, when we go to a family reunion or a holiday. How much of that are we engaging in? If you believe in love, can you go home to your family this Thanksgiving and Christmas and regardless of what they do, stay in the love that you know that you are? It's hard to do. But it's possible. And, you know, probably you'll slip up a few times, but if you, you, know, if, if you, if you make, you know, six out of ten <laughs> moments, you've done good. You've demonstrated love, which is the only way anyone will learn what love is. <coughs> so, I have a a minister friend who says the the quickest way to know what your spiritual fitness is, is to ask yourself how you deal with frustration, a flat tire or a delayed plane. And I went, oh. (laughs) Hmm, I thought I was way more spiritually fit than that. But if you can go, okay, we're gonna get there someday. Okay, tires go flat sometimes. They're meant to be changed i'll change it someone will help me i'll call someone something will happen i will not sit by the side of the road with a flat tire for the rest of my life and knowing that um, and allowing peace say like, god i'm feeling so frustrated right now but i don't want the frustration help me remember peace just saying that inside your own head can transform things for you And sometimes we're dealing with what we believe versus the enculturation that we have had our whole lives. But the world says, if I don't fight back, I'm going to get run over. The world says, "Um, I need to tell, I need to try to change your mind. That's what all of evangelism is based upon. You're doing it wrong. I'm going to come and teach you how to do it right. I believe that that is a violence perpetrated upon people. I believe that the only, and this is me, this is my belief, but I believe that the only really humane evangelism is to go and help and not require anything in return. And then someone might say, hey, what is this thing that you're doing that allows you to be so helpful without there being a trick to it? or something owed in return. Things to think about. Because we are energy. We'd, physical science tells us that. We are energy formed into matter, but still energy. All matter is energy, right? So everything we do matters. Everything we do affects the energy of the whole planet. And paradoxically, no one human life is that significant. <laughs> we're, we're a blip on a radar screen of eternity in our human form. So don't sweat it quite so much, but do insist on your own happiness by finding a way to be in integrity with yourself, not with anybody else, with yourself. And do, as Rumi said, let the beauty... We love be what we do. Namaste.